You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. We talked last week about trusting the Word of God and the importance of trusting the Word of God, that no matter uh, what else is going on in the world or in our lives, that we trust Him and His Word. And today I, I want to share kind of a similar vein, stay in, in kind of a similar topic um, by talking about how we can trust the Holy Spirit and uh, definitely trust Him in regards to helping us and helping you in the direction of your life. And the title of the sermon that I have today is, Which Direction is the Wind Blowing? Which Direction is the Wind Blowing? That in all of our lives, I think we've had a point in our life, we might be at that point currently, or we're going to experience uh, this question in our lives going forward, what direction am I supposed to go? And it's a question um, that can be quite simple, um, or it can be a very, very serious question. And you know right now in your situation um, in the direction that you need. And hopefully I can help and we can help today provide some direction for you. And Maddie was talking while we were trying to figure out what we wanted to speak about. Uh, she said that, that she's just been um, paying attention a lot to the wind recently, and, uh, and she's going to share more about it toward the end of the service uh, of what God's been sharing with her about it. Um, and I started thinking about the wind, that, that the wind is, is very interesting, that it's, um, it can not blow at all and, and not affect you at all. Um, and the wind can also be so strong that, that we see it, um, you know, we've seen the, the, the intensity of the wind here when we had all those tornadoes a couple of months back. I just kind of did a quick Google and I thought it was interesting that the fastest wind speed ever recorded in the history of the world was in April of 1996 near Australia. There was a Category 4 hurricane that was uh, coming toward Australia, and uh, they did whatever scientific data they could, and they gathered at one point this hurricane was blowing 254 miles per hour. Now, that's the fastest wind speed so far ever in the world. The fastest American wind speed was at the summit of Mount Washington in New Hampshire, all the way back in April 12th, 1934, at 231 miles per hour. In the article that I was reading, um, it said that there's a distinction between uh, how fast wind is blowing and wind that would be blowing during a tornado. Um, they said that you can't really, because a tornado has such destruction and, and the, uh, you can't really get uh, scientific uh, equipment in there. I know we all saw Twister the movie, and, and they made it happen uh, with the cows and all that. Um, but it's it's hard, apparently, according to this article, that that it was. But they said uh, in Oklahoma City there was a tornado on May third, nineteen ninety nine, and they clocked the wind speed in that tornado at three hundred and two miles per hour. That wind uh, can be in our backyard so refreshing on a hot day. And that wind can also be so strong and so fast 
um, that it can move and change directions of things that are uh, made with concrete, made with steel. And I also thought of something interesting with wind. Of We can be standing on the ground level and not feel the wind at all. Um, but if you get in a hot air balloon or, or you fly a kite or you get in an airplane and you go up higher above the trees, you go up higher, um, the wind is blowing a lot more and it's a lot stronger and it's a lot more noticeable. And the scripture that I want to talk about today is in John chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, is is the main focus of our scripture when we're talking about which direction is the wind blowing. And it says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And this is, uh, we're jumping into the beginning part of the story. This is John chapter 3, um, you know, John three sixteen. This is This is the famous chapter, the famous verse where Jesus is talking with Nicodemus and they're having this conversation. And this is where he, he kicks off uh, his conversation about being born again. And he makes this statement that the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And so our um, goal today, our direction today is uh, explaining about this wind and how you can tap into this wind uh, to help give you direction on where to go in your life. Uh, That word wind there in the Greek is the word pneuma. Um, It means the third person of the triune God or the Holy Spirit. It also means the movement of air, of the wind or breath of nostrils or mouth. I thought this definition was interesting of the wind in Numa. It says a gentle blast of wind that we know that the Holy Spirit, uh, as as we read throughout the scriptures, is tied closely with wind. Uh, And that we can, when we see wind, uh, we hear breath or things like that, we can think of the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit. Um, And the definition in the Greek for the wind in this scripture says it's a gentle blast, which we know that the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our comforter. uh, He's our truth. He is is our teacher, um, that he's the one who brings just a gentle blast into our lives. And so I want to first start talking about John chapter 3, that first part, the wind blows where it wishes. That word wishes means to will to have in mind, to intend, to be resolved, to be determined, to purpose, to desire, to wish, to love, to like to do a thing, to be fond of doing, to take delight in, to have pleasure. And so we see at this very beginning part of the passage that if we replace wind with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit blows where he wishes. He blows where he wills, where he wants something resolved or determined, where he purposes. He also blows where he loves, where he likes to do a thing, where he takes delight in, where he takes pleasure in, that the Holy Spirit is doing things on this earth according to God's will, and he's constantly blowing. Remember, I was just talking about the wind. If you're on the ground level, uh, we're in our house right now, and I can look out the window, and there's a storm coming. We can hear the thunder in the background, but there's currently no wind. I, I don't see any of the, uh, the trees on the, the ground level. But if I look a little bit higher at the higher trees, I can, I can see the wind blowing. Um, and so 
the Holy Spirit's always moving and, and uh, throughout the earth, and, and He's doing what He loves. Um, he's doing what He can, and um, it's it's us up to us to 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 continually to go higher in God so that we can hear Him clearly. We're going to look at a scripture that Jesus talked about, and I think I have it saved in my Bible. Uh, John chapter sixteen. This is Jesus talking to His disciples. Um, verses 5 through 15. So John chapter 16, starting in verse 5, going down to verse 15. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So we see Jesus here talking to his disciples, uh, to the Christian church at the time. um, And he's explaining that the Holy Spirit is coming, that the wind blows where it wishes, that it's important that he leaves that it's crazy the idea of physical God in the flesh uh, has to leave so invisible Holy Spirit can come to this earth. And the disciples, you know, they've got so many thoughts going through their mind. They thought, well, we're going to overthrow the Romans. We were going to take over the world. We were going to be uh, princes in your kingdom. And we were going to sit at your right and left hand and, and court gestures and, and turkey legs and, and, and money and fame and power and uh, you know, we saw these miracle signs and wonders, and, and now you're saying you're leaving, and you have to leave because something more important is coming. And then he he kind of explains the job description of what the Holy Spirit is going to do, and he says the Holy Spirit is going to come, and he'll convict the world of sin, he will convict the world of righteousness, and he will convict the world of judgment. That is his job description of what he's going to do to the world. But what is he going to do to the disciples? What is he coming for to help the disciples and the church out? In verse 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but cannot bear them now. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So we see there are two vast distinctions in this passage of what the Holy Spirit is going to do to the world and what the Holy Spirit is going to do with the disciples and with the church. Um, and I want to encourage you today as your pastor and remind you that according to this, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict the world of their sins. Mm-hmm. It's the Holy Spirit's job uh, to do that. Uh, somehow uh, the church has uh, thought it was our job um, to tell the world that they're sinners. But the Holy Spirit, it's his job to do that. 
You see, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 18, Jesus tells his disciples, he tells the early church what their job is to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, you would think, as Jesus is telling his disciples right before he leaves, if we're supposed to go out there and bash the sinner, tell them how much they're sinning and what they're doing is wrong, then he would have said that in the Great Commission. Go into all the world and convict them of their sins? No. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, in the job description of the Holy Spirit, it says that he will convict the world of sin, he will convict the world of righteousness, and he will convict the world of judgment, which we see in this passage where he says, if they don't believe, then they're going to be condemned. Verse 17 in Mark chapter 16 And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Our jobs as Christians is to go out and preach the gospel to the sinners, not telling them that they're sinners. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Something happens when we preach the gospel, when we align ourselves with the Holy Spirit and preach the gospel message that Christ died for your sins. He was buried in a tomb. I don't know what your sins are. I don't know what you're doing behind the scenes. But guess what? God already paid a price for that. He died for your sins. He was buried in a tomb, and he rose again the third day. And something happens in that encounter with the sinner, it says the goodness of God leads a person to repentance, that the Holy Spirit starts working inside of them. And then all of a sudden they're convicted of their sins, that we don't need to stand on a corner yelling sinners are going to hell. Now listen, church, there is a responsibility once a brother or sister is in the church uh, to bring correction uh, to our brothers and sisters. We see that over and over again with uh, the writings of Paul. Imagine being in church and the pastor stands up in church and says, we've got a letter from the number one Christian in the whole world. And he wrote a letter to us. He came here once. He started this church. He's so excited. They open the letter. They start reading it. And you hear your name mentioned in the letter. And it's Paul bringing correction to you. You remember in 1 Corinthians where they talk about uh, a son uh, having relations with uh, his father's wife, and he brings correction to them. Thankfully, they didn't say the name at that point, but there's plenty of times where he tells people to send them out, kick them out, do those things. Now, luckily, we, we don't have a list today of, of reading of what people are doing out there, that there is some, um, some responsibility as brothers and sisters in Christ, to, to help each other and bring some correction there. But the Holy Spirit is out in the world. He's doing, you remember in John, the first part of John chapter 3, verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes. He's moving throughout people. He's moving throughout the world. And he's convicting the world of their sin. He's convicting the world of righteousness and of judgment. But he's also doing work inside the church. And he's being the spirit of truth to us. Yeah. He's also uh, being the spirit of truth to me individually and you individually as well and to Maddie individually, that the Holy Spirit is doing work in the world, he's doing work in the church, and he's doing work in us individually as well. Sounds like the Holy Spirit's a very, very busy person, but it says that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells inside of us. 
So in the busyness and the craziness of the Holy Spirit's schedule, he's still inside of us, ready and willing to be that spirit of truth for us. So we've established that the Holy Spirit is doing his thing. He's doing his work. He's moving. He's, uh, he's, he's doing things in the world, doing things in the church, and thank God he's doing things in you. So how can we get direction in our lives? How can we get plugged into this wind that's blowing and doing as it wishes throughout the world? I'm glad you asked that question today. Luckily, the scripture interprets scripture. So how can I tap in? How can you tap in to what the Holy Spirit is doing so that you can get direction on what you're supposed to do in that situation that you're dealing with, on your life, on uh, your relationships, on uh, just anything that comes across your plate. In John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, The wind blows where it wishes. And here's your, responsi- your responsibility. As Jesus tells Nicodemus, you hear the sound of it. You hear the sound of it. How do you know the wind is blowing? You can hear it rustling through the trees. You can hear it moving and blowing. If you can look up Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it's a scripture that we talk about quite frequently at the church. 10, 17. I believe that's correct. Okay. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so in John chapter 3, verse 8, the scripture we're looking at, it says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. So in Romans chapter 10, we hear again what hearing looks like in the God world, what hearing looks like in the church. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. That's why it's so important to be in church. Thank you for being there today. Even though we're not there, we appreciate it. We're so glad that y'all show up every Sunday and y'all watch online and y'all listen to the podcast. This is a perfect opportunity and why it's so important for us to be in church because we can hear the voice of God when we come together. Where two or more are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst. Do not forsake the assembling of the brethren. But in your own personal time, in your own quiet time, the awesome thing about the Holy Spirit is I don't always have to be in church just to hear God's voice. Just because you leave and we all leave on Sunday um, and we lock the door at the end of service uh, doesn't mean the Holy Spirit just stays in there and sits in a chair waiting for everybody to come back so he can talk to you on Sunday. No, no. As soon as you get up and leave and we lock the door, the Holy Spirit goes with us. We are the church. We are the body. We are going out and being agents of change. That's how we can go out and preach the gospel. That's how we can go out and lay hands on the sick. That's how we can go out and raise the dead. That's how we can go out and be an agent of change is because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. So faith comes by hearing. I can listen to the word of God. I can read the Word of God out loud and, and hear it in my ears in my own personal time and pray to Him and spend time with Him. I can go to church and experience and hear the Word of God in those moments. And the prophetic Word is also an awesome way to get direction in your life. The prophet can come. He's one of the five-fold ministries. He's, he's a vital role. You have the apostles. You have um, the evangelists, you have the preachers, you have the teachers, and you have the prophets. 
and they are there to edify and build up the church, and they can bring a prophetic word. They can be flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts that are out there, one of them uh, being prophecy, that uh, they can speak into our lives by hearing the voice of God that can provide us some direction. And it's so timely when the prophet comes, um, and it gets me excited because uh, I hear God's voice as I'm going throughout the day, but I get excited because there's a new word, there's a fresh word, there's something uh, that God wants to bring to the church and, and bring to us as pastors and to the congregation when he comes. So faith then comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's look at Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 and Two. Now, this is Paul writing a letter uh, to the church of Galatia and um, explaining another way of hearing. Three, one, and two. Correct. Okay. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the by hearing of faith? Now remember, we talked about the Holy Spirit and His job to convict the world of sin, judgment, and righteousness, and He's bringing the Spirit of truth and the words of us to the church and to His disciples and to the Christians um, and how we can bring correction to our brothers and our sisters in Christ, and then we bring the gospel message to the sinners. Look at Paul in his writing, the third chapter, how he starts the third chapter in his letter. As they're reading all these letters, chapter one, chapter two, they've got such good scriptures in those first couple of things. And then out of nowhere, here comes Paul correcting his brother. Oh, foolish Galatians, exclamation mark. That's got to be a great one to hear in church. Who has bewitched you? You never want to hear the word witch in church, that you should not obey the truth. Now, the Galatians at this point have to be thinking, I thought we were obeying the truth. I, I thought we'd been doing what you told us to do, or, you know, I, I thought we were doing the right thing. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. And that Paul is saying, I explained to you in detail of, of what you're supposed to do when it comes to salvation. Because remember, the, the big thing that Paul is constantly fighting against as he's bringing the gospel message to the Gentile church is the Jewish people coming in saying, you have to be circumcised, you have to follow the law, you have to make sure you're doing everything in the old covenant so you can receive everything in the new covenant. And Paul is constantly coming and, and bringing correction and bringing rebuke to these churches saying, quit listening to that. Listen to what I said and what I brought to you. How can... I so clearly portrayed the gospel to you. How have you already been uh, confused? How have you already been pushed aside? Uh, you've changed your opinion. Um, and he calls them foolish among you as crucified. Verse 2 says, this only I want to learn from you. It's the only thing. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? by being circumcised, by following the law, by doing all those things the Jews keep telling you to do? Or did you receive the Spirit by the simple thing of hearing of faith? Yeah. And we see that in John chapter 3 as Jesus is teaching Nicodemus, the wind's blowing, it's constantly blowing. The Holy Spirit is constantly doing things. He's constantly wanting to help people, to heal people, to save people, to restore people, to help you, to give direction. He's He's constantly blowing and speaking and doing all those things. 
And it's up to us to get our, our ears of faith peaked up to hear what he has to say and tap into that. And the last thing that I want to talk about when it comes to John chapter 3, verse 8, is the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. And I'm going to explain that last part, cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. Six through ten. So we understand that the Holy Spirit is moving. He's always moving, always doing things. And it's our job uh, to listen to what he has to say and how do we listen by by turning on our ears of faith but that that last passage of John chapter 3 verse 8 says you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes and we're going to see a story of Paul uh, as we as we bring this message to a close to help you get some direction in your life Acts chapter 16 starting in verse 6 ending in verse 10 now when they had gone through Phygeria and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Myasia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Myasia, they came to Traus, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man, a Macedonian, stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So here's a story. If you, if you back up into Acts chapter 15, Paul is um, wanting to go back to churches that they've already started and already helped and check on them. And Paul is with Barnabas at the time, and they have a disagreement at the end of Acts chapter 15 in regards to bringing John Mark with them. They, they have this disagreement, they separate, and Paul decides to bring Silas with him. As they start in Acts chapter 16 and verse 1 through 6, um, they meet a person by the name of Timothy. And, and we know uh, through our studies of the scriptures that uh, Timothy is, uh, has books written about him, First uh, and Second Timothy. This is one of Paul's dearly beloved uh, sons in the faith that uh, is a, a pastor, and, and he raises him up and he teaches him. Um, and so there's, there's a lot going on in Paul's life at this moment. Um, he's just uh, ended a relationship uh, that was very near and dear to him. He's just taken on a, a new relationship of uh, Silas um, that they've probably had some encounters before, uh, but probably not as close as they are now on this new journey. And then as they're going, they meet Timothy, um, and Paul gets the, the pleasure and the honor 
of circumcising Timothy uh, at that time. So a great way to start the friendship there. And now they're traveling and doing the the call and the mission that Paul feels like he's supposed to do, um, visiting these churches. And so uh, as Paul is going on these these city-to-city visits, he's trying to figure out where he's supposed to go next. And he's got a brand new ministry partner. He's got this kid with him that is in pain from being circumcised as they're walking and traveling. And as they go to their first town, starting in verse 6, it says that they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And so we see the Holy Spirit, we, we see Paul interacting, and he does exactly what he's supposed to do when it comes to John chapter 3, verse 8. He understands that he is called, like the Great Commission, to go and preach the gospel. He's, he's, he's out there, he knows what he's called to do, that his calling is ministry, and um, he's going to the towns where he thinks that he should go, and he's listening. He understands that the Holy Spirit is doing something in the world. Uh, he is listening to what is uh, the Holy Spirit is supposed to say, and he hears from the Holy Spirit that he is forbidden to preach the gospel in that town. Now, to the outside world, to his new ministry partner and to his, uh, his friend who's in obvious pain, who probably just wants to rest and uh, hang out in the hotel uh, while they're doing ministry, is saying, oh, no, we're not supposed to be here. We've got to keep walking. We've got to keep going. And a lot of times... People will listen to the voice of God. They'll, they'll, they'll want to hear the voice of God, and they get a no, and they think, well, it must not be God, or it uh, must not be His plan, must not be His will, he, or He doesn't want to talk to me, or He doesn't want to use me, and they just stop right there. Mm. They just stay where they're at. You know, I, I believed for healing. Uh, I, I, I went to... Uh, uh, to hear Andre, uh, and I didn't hear what I wanted, or I, I didn't get a prophetic word, or uh, I, I believe for this, and it didn't happen the way I wanted it to, and they stop in their life right there in that moment, and there's this cycle that starts where they get angry at God, they get angry at the church, they get angry, uh, well, God never talks to me, God never does anything, it must be because I'm a sin. They have all these excuses and all these things, but that's not what Paul does. The outside world is saying, what are you doing, Paul? What do you mean you're not supposed to be here? Well, the Holy Spirit said that. So they move on. After that, in verse 7, it says, They came to Myasia. They tried to go into Bithany, but the Spirit did not permit them there either. Okay. So the Holy Spirit is moving. Paul is listening, and he's obeying. No, you're not supposed to go here. Okay, let's go somewhere else. No, you're not supposed to go here. He could have sat down. Well, there's, there's two strikes. I'm getting shut out. I'm trying to preach the gospel. I'm trying to do what God, I'm trying, I'm trying, and nothing. Well, I'm just going to go home. I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to stop, you know, all these things. Paul doesn't do that. Yeah. Paul keeps listening to the wind. He keeps listening and understanding that you cannot tell where the wind comes from and where it goes, like John chapter 3, verse 8 says. The wind's blowing, and it's telling Paul to do some crazy things. And no doubt, 
the two people that are on the ministry mission with him are kind of scratching their head behind the scenes. Maybe Silas and Timothy are whispering to each other, what is Paul doing? Timothy's asking Silas, does he always do this? <laughs> Silas is saying, I, I just I just joined the mission trip. We, we should probably write a letter to Barnabas and, and see if something happened or if Paul's going crazy. And Paul's saying, no, no, no. I hear the Holy Spirit. I know what he's saying, and I'm obeying every step of the way. Don't go here, okay? I'll try and go here. Don't go here. And then look at this. Because of his obedience, he has a miraculous suddenly moment. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Jesus talks about in one of the parables that if you're faithful in the small things, then you'll be faithful in the big things. That it's, it's such a beautiful story right here that Paul could have sat down and cried and given up and got mad at God when he got told no by the Holy Spirit the first time. But he didn't. He obeyed. And he took another step of faith and said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to what you're saying and I'm going to go to the next town. And then he got told no again. This is not the right time. This is not the right place. This is not where you're supposed to be. He could have sat down again and said, well, I tried. I put myself out there. I, I tried to believe, and, and God didn't meet me where he's at, or I got a no or whatever. But because of his obedience, he said, okay, let's try it again. And when he tried again a third time, the supernatural showed up. God showed up in a powerful way. The wind started blowing. Nobody understood where the wind was blowing or what it was doing. But because he kept listening, he had a vision. And he had a full vision with full clarity. He went to this town. He went to this town. He went to this town. And then the answer came, go to Macedonia. And he says, oh, okay, I was, I was listening to the wind all along. And it guided me to the right place. Look at Luke chapter tw- uh, 11, verse 28. And I'll finish with this scripture, Luke chapter 11, verse 28. This is Jesus speaking to a crowd. But he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That word keep in the Greek means to obey. Um, It also means to defend it. Um, That there is a blessing attached Mm -hmm. when you hear the word of God and not only hear it, but keep it, obey it, and defend it. Because listen, family, I'm going to tell you right, right now, in the many, many years that we've been serving God, we have been told and feel felt impressed by God to do some crazy things, to believe some crazy things, to trust him in some crazy things. If we have traveled from state to state, from church to church, as we've gone from lower ministry position levels up to leading the church now currently, into the outside world, they couldn't tell where it was coming from or where it was going. We had family, we had friends, we had people questioning us all along the way. And the only thing that I could say and the only thing that we could say together is we feel the Holy Spirit is telling us to go this way. And we feel the Holy Spirit is directing us to go and do this or not do this or stop or go. And people don't understand that. But every time I've obeyed and listened to the word that he has for me and I've obeyed it, there's always been a blessing in our life. We've seen our lives go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, and been challenged 
and overcome every time because God is on our side, the scripture says. Whom shall I fear? What can any man do to me? If you need direction in your life today, John chapter 3 verse 8 is the most clear way for you to find direction. You have to understand that the Holy Spirit is inside of you and he is, he is busy moving and grooving throughout the earth. He's got so much to do. There's so many people on this earth that are believing for miracles, that are crying out to him, that are asking for him to show up. You know, we have this uh, big explosion in Beirut where thousands of people potentially have lost their lives and, and been damaged and hurt and injured. And our prayers go out to them. And, and all of the the, just the craziness that's happening in America and the persecution of the Christian church that's happening in China and, and, and things that are going on in Africa and Asia and in South America, that the Holy Spirit is moving. And there are men and women that are crying out in these countries, that are crying out in these continents, saying, God, save us. God, show up in a mighty way. But he's also inside of us that when we have something going on in our own household, in our own life, and in our own family, that we take the time to stop and listen to him and know that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God and putting ourselves in position. It's why we want to be at the conference that we are right now in Dallas. It's why uh, we're bringing the prophet down to the church because we want to hear a word from God and we want you to hear a word from God. It's why we listen to to other preachers and and worship music and we read the Bible um, because we want to listen to what God has for us. But we, ha- we also recognize and understand that no matter what the Holy Spirit tells us to do, realistically, the world is not going to understand at all. Family, friends, sometimes even spouses and kids are going to question you. Why do you go to that church? Why did you listen to that preacher? Why, why, did you, why are you standing on that scripture? Why are you doing this? What's going on? Oh, God told you? Does God talk to you now? I mean, you know what what family and friends and people say. And you've got to be steadfast and resolute. In in Ephesians, it says, having done all to stand, putting on the full armor of God, we keep standing until we see God show up. So I want to encourage you today. Which direction is the wind blowing in your life? Be like Paul. Just keep listening. And every time God tells you, go here, go here, stop, go, whatever, you keep obeying, you keep obeying. And I promise you, God is going to show up. You will have uh, just a a supernatural encounter. He's going to give you a vision. He's going to give you a word. He's going to show you something in the Bible in your personal time. You're going to hear something during a message. Andre's going to say something when he's preaching on the 23rd uh, that's going to help you in the direction of your life. Be open to it. Be open to it. Please, please, church family, be open to it. And listen to the voice of God and the Spirit because He is ready to blow you in the direction that you need to do for a life-altering experience. Amen. I want to have Maddie share as well. She's She's got uh, some things that um, she's the one that kind of led me down this path of, of this message and this sermon. And so I just want her to share what, what God is sharing. And then she's going to pray over us and, and end out the service. And it's um, not a lot. <laughs> it's just whenever we were trying to figure out what we wanted to say, like Jer said, I was um, just trying to think of how God has been speaking to me lately, what he's been saying. And I've just been very evident of the wind lately. And been going on different walks or riding my bike or just outside with the kids. 
And like you said, sometimes the wind isn't blowing much at all. Sometimes it's blowing a lot. And so I think, especially because of the heat, just physically and in the natural, I've been very aware of the wind and what it's doing. But then that got me started thinking about what the wind is doing spiritually and more specifically what the Holy Spirit is doing spiritually and how the different aspects of the wind. And the wind, I wrote down, it can bring refreshment, the spiritually and physically. The Holy Spirit brings refreshment to us when we are not at peace, when we are at war with ourselves or with others or just not peaceful in our minds. The Holy Spirit brings comfort and peace and refreshment to us. And the Spirit and the Holy and the Holy Spirit and the wind is can be a really powerful thing when the wind blows and it can be mighty, but that doesn't have to be a scary thing. I know sometimes in the natural we associate wind with destruction and bad things that happened or tornadoes and hurricanes, but think I like to think of it in uh, the spiritual way of just it being mighty. The Holy Spirit is mighty and and can change things that we can't change on our own. The wind can move things that we can't move with our own strength. The Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. moves and changes things that we can't do in our own strength. And the wind in general as well to me is just a sign of of seasons of change. There are Mm -hmm. times when it's windier, more windy, whatever, Mm -hmm. than other times. And that's just an encouraging thing of that it's a season of change. There's something moving. There's something, there's life being breathed into a situation where the air was stale and dry and hot and heavy. The wind comes through and it changes things. And so I think that's just what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do is to bring about a season of change and refreshment and encouragement to our own lives. And I just want to encourage all of you not to be afraid of the wind and the Holy Spirit. Don't don't think of it as this far-off thing that seems kind of unknown or unpredictable, but lean into the wind. Lean into the Holy Spirit and trust him because he is good. Jesus, like Jer was saying, said that it's better for him to leave because the Holy Spirit had to come. That wind had to come. That breath of fresh air had to come because that's what's encouraging us and helping us through these times and what we're going on through in our own lives. And I just wanted to encourage you all to to do that. Be aware of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life and be open and willing, like Jer said. So with that, we're just going to pray and let you all get out of here. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you again, Tina and the worship team for leading worship so I could have a break um, and have a little week off. So we just thank you for that. Thank you for joining us today. And we're just going to pray you out of here and hope you have a great week. So Father, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for Press Church. I thank you for what you are doing here in the lives of everyone that is a part of this congregation. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit and for your wind. that It's speaking to each and every one of us, Lord, and that we are listening. Our ears are open and ready and willing to receive what you have to say and do in our lives. Lord, I thank you for this new season that we as a church are stepping into, that we are going to be seeing miracles, Lord. We are going to be seeing change in our lives. We are going to have hope in situations where there was no hope before. And Lord, I just thank you for everyone within the sound of my voice that they are blessed in the name of Jesus. 
that they are healed, they are whole, and they are prosperous in the name of Jesus. So we just thank you for this word that went forth today, that it would be planted as a seed in their lives, reaping a great harvest, Lord. And we just thank you for everything that's going on here at Press Church. Thank you for this congregation, and be with them until we can be back with them next week. In your name I pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you, Press Church, and we will see you next week in the flesh. Y'all take care, and remember, invite your friends and family. Look on Facebook for the uh, invite invite for Andre coming on the 23rd. We love you, family. Take care. for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.